Welcome to Tony Steak Podcast. Welcome to the Tony Steak Podcast, episode 308. I'm Sean, and join with me in the studio. We have Rodan. Yes, hello. And Yes, hello, hello. Thank you for tuning in. Subscribe, share with a friend, and check out our entertainment podcast right after this. Got a lot of work to get to today. Let's kick things off with the NBA. The Lakers did us proud on Friday. Yes, they did. I uh, actually watched this entire game on Friday night, and uh, it was it was a fun game to watch. And it ended up being very entertaining. And I was uh, noticing it early on as I was watching that uh, Dylan Brooks was, you know, I could tell him and LeBron were starting to get a little, a little heated, a little, you know, definitely playing some good physical basketball. And uh, I know Desmond Bain was chirping a lot. And then towards the end of the first half, and I didn't, uh, they didn't even show this until like, like after, like at halftime or halfway through halftime or something like that, that apparently there was a little scuffle between uh, former NFL Hall of Famer Shannon Sharp and the whole Met, like literally like almost the entire Memphis Grizzly team. Yeah. Where half of New Zealand too. Apparently from what I heard read was that Shannon Sharp told Dylan Brooks, you can't guard, you're too small to guard LeBron James where uh, Dylan Brooks responded with fuck you. And then Shannon Sharp obviously took offense to that and said, fuck you. Like, fuck me. Come right here. Come over here and say it. And that, you know, made John Morant get over to Shannon Sharp. And then what was really cool was it made Steven Adams go over there. And Steven Adams is a giant. He is a mountain of a man. Also from New Zealand. So he probably doesn't even know who Shannon Sharp is. (laughs) And they have a different kind of football out there. And they're all getting each other's face. And then it leads to all of a sudden Shannon Sharp is yelling uh, to somebody in the crowd next to him, which happened to be John Morant's dad, who was then getting into it. And it was funny because it was, from what I read again, it was like two completely different responses. You have John Morant's dad saying like, I got nothing but love for Shannon. I love Shannon, you know, blah, blah, blah. It was nothing. And then you've got Shannon Sharp on the other hand, that was basically like, fuck those guys. Those guys didn't want the smoke and basically didn't really have anything positive to say at all about them. I think there's some important context too. Shannon Sharp is not just an NFL player, former NFL player. He's the, uh, co-host with Skip Bayless on whatever that Fox show is that they yell at each other. Undisputed. So he gives out hot takes for a living and he's just a general like asshole. Like he's being paid to be an asshole this way. So that's good good publicity. I had no idea who he was. I was like, I don't think this guy's ever played for the Lakers because he seemed, you know, tight, so to speak with LeBron and the Lakers. Like who the fuck is this guy? There's been people named Shannon that have played on the team, but last name is usually like Brown or something. Um, Also, He's acting all tough. tough. He's dressed like Mister Rogers <laughs> with his cardigan. But yeah, yeah that was a uh, weird looking outfit. Like huge. It probably cost like three thousand dollars. But yeah, it was uh, silly. It reminded me of you know when the the parents in the stands kind of start chirping at each other. It's like guys, let the kids just play the game. Yeah, you. Uh, it's actually funny you say that because I actually did see a video that was sent to me. Uh, this past week from a, what I looked, what looked like a high school or some sort of like AAU basketball game where the fans did get in a fight. And, and even with like the players, like they all attacked each other. It looked like it was some sort of a inner city uh, school or something, but uh, it was uh, a little chaotic and it was, um, 
I saw the video. Maybe if I can find it, I can show it to you guys afterwards. But uh, it's pretty wild. Like literally like either the coach or some someone's dad was getting like kicked around by like four guys that were on like the basketball team. And there was this one woman just getting ready to square up with, I think, whoever was like ready. It was like, quite a scene. But uh, we also wanted to just take away really quick, you know. I, I know I'm a Laker fan. I know we, Andy's the Clipper fan, which is a, actually a nice matchup this evening. And I think Dobby just enjoys watching LA basketball. I like them both. Yeah. So Dobby's our, he's the porridge was just right. Andy's porridge too cold. <laughs> I'll say mine's too hot. It just got, I'm just going by history, mm-hmm. not recent years. And you're a big fan of Goldilocks. Yeah, that's a great story. They actually should make that a uh, live action. I'm into Disney. Play a big part in Puss in Boots too. So, oh. Andy, what you watch in your spare time alone? <laughs> Entirely up yeah, to you. Puss in Boots 2 in theaters now. Oh, wow. very good. And uh, we just want, want to point out, Lakers are, you know, they've actually been, they've been watchable recently. They uh, did come back and beat the Grizzlies in that game. It was phenomenal. Very and, impressive. Uh, yeah, and, they, and then, uh, I don't know if, Sean, you saw this a couple nights later, but on Sunday, they were down 71 to 46 at halftime to the Portland Trailblazers and came back and won. I did not watch that, but was kind of following uh, – on the phone and yeah I, I didn't watch it either because uh there was some exciting football games on that evening but uh or at least one game on that evening but uh yeah they're playing at least playing inspired i know lebron's like fourth or fifth in the league now or like fifth or sixth something like that with uh points per game and i know he's uh getting close to a uh, passing uh kareem abdul jabbar for the all-time leader i think they said at the pace he's going it'll be it's looking like it would be early march that he's predicted uh, pass him if he keeps up his current points per game or something like that. So we'll have to have a lookout for that, I suppose. I mean, at least he'll get to do it in the Laker uniform. That's, I guess, the only thing that's cool. But uh, yeah, yeah, I don't think uh, is that uh, anything. Any hot takes you got any more for the NBA, or is that uh, is that it for the pros? Yeah, that's it for this week, I think. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about some college basketball. Yeah, crazy, uh, hectic week. Uh, a lot of the top ten had losses this week. Um, one of the biggest ones was Gonzaga lost to Loyola Marymount um, at at home. So I think they had, they had like a seventy something home winning streak to make it really crazy for Gonzaga. So that that's gone. But um, yeah, that's their fourth loss now already. So not not a not a great season so far for them. Yeah, and they've had a a lot of close games too. Like that, uh, they almost lost to BYU. Uh, I know they had a couple other close ones in there, and that loss dropped them all the way down to number 14 going into this week. And uh, another team that has uh, – can you actually click Gonzaga really quick? I just want to – because I know they they haven't been very good at all this year. I know they – so they – They lost to a bunch of really good teams, though. So Yeah, no, but I'm saying they uh, their wins have been kind of close. So they beat Santa Clara by five points. They beat San Francisco by two points. And they beat uh, – and then they lost to LMU by one. They had a close game when they played East Oregon and only beat them by 78 points. So that was uh, – they just haven't been the same since that game. But, uh, yeah, no, they, uh, like Andy said, they've, they've lost notable games this year. They've lost to Texas, they've lost to Purdue, and they've lost to Baylor. But, uh, but I mean, if you can't beat those teams, then, you're, you know, I think it's going to be a – it's going to be a quick tournament for Gonzaga this year if things don't turn around. Uh, this could be a team that doesn't make it to the Sweet 16 this year. It could be very possible. But their week was not as bad as uh, one team. Uh, Kansas had probably the worst week. Uh, they lost three three in a row, I think, now, right? 
Uh, uh, I know they lost uh, on Monday, which was last night to uh, yeah. To so so last Tuesday we actually caught the end of this game. Kansas State beat Kansas, big game there. Um, then they ended up losing to TCU, and then they lost to Baylor last night. So that's three straight losses. So I mean they dropped um, out of the number one spot, but that that doesn't even reflect this uh, last loss. So yeah, so they went down to only down to nine, but they're gonna they're gonna most likely drop again. I don't know who their uh, next game is against, but. They're on a little bit of a losing streak. And you don't see Kansas lose too much. And their next game is at Kentucky. So that's very losable. The Big, the Big 12 is like a gauntlet this year, though. So, like, yeah, after Kentucky, they got number five Kansas State, number 12 Iowa State, and number 10 Texas coming up next. So um, it's it's tough. Yeah, all the, all the teams they lost to there are all ranked teams. So um, that's a little something. But, yeah. Um, and then Houston, number one team, um, also lost. So, um they didn't drop very far. Um, I'm surprised. I thought they'd have a good chance of actually winning out the rest of the season, but um, they're still at number three, um, 18 and two. Um, and Purdue goes back up to number one or yeah. Yeah. just kind of everyone's like cycling out here. So um, then UCLA also lost um, a tough game to Arizona. They beat Arizona state on the road and then have to play Arizona a couple days later. It's, it's a tough, tough draw. I'm not very surprised they lost that game, but I think they're still probably the favorites in the conference. Uh, but they did move down to number eight. So, Yeah, and I actually watched that game against Arizona, and I think uh, I was uh, watching it with my cousin's husband at the time, and I was just saying that that was just a, just a tough scheduling spot. You know, I mean, you, you, we, you know, we caught the end of that ASU game on Thursday together, actually. And uh, ASU's been a good team this year. They've played well. And it was a tough game, and they played that on Thursday. And then, you know, in college basketball, you don't, you know, don't see it very often that they have to then turn around two days later and play again. And it was on the road again. I mean, it was in the same state, but a team that's even better in Arizona. And that was just a just a tough scheduling spot. It was a it was a noon start also, so uh, or noon noon uh, twelve thirty in Arizona time, eleven thirty here. And so it was just you know, you know nothing. I wouldn't even look too far into it. I mean, just you know, like I said, just. Tough schedule spot, and uh, you know they'll get to play Arizona again at a still called Poly Pavilion. Yes, yeah, so they'll get they'll play them again here uh, at some point, and uh, yeah, we'll see what happens there. But uh, still like that UCLA squad. I mean, I think they could their shooting could be a little bit better, but they're an all around good team. They play solid defense for the most part, and uh, yeah, I mean, I think they'll they're definitely a team that should be one of the final sixteen teams remaining. I would like to think, but again, just depends. How the scheduling goes in the come the yeah, time. They're hoping to be the last team remaining, but that's true. It takes a little bit of luck, too. All right. We're ready to talk about some, what are we at now, golf? Um, sure. There's one. Major League Baseball. I'm, I'm going ahead. Yeah, oh, let's stick with golf here because we're already here. Uh, one kind of major story, and that is um, about the LIV Golf League. Remember the Saudi Arabian uh, Golf League. And um, just like I think last week, I was talking to Tony about it. He asked, like, so do all those players have to move to Saudi Arabia? Are they playing out there? And I was like, I don't think they're playing there. I think it's just that's owned by the government, the league or whatever. Um, but then I saw this story this week that uh, they found a TV partner um, for the league, and it'll be the CW Network. Oh, wow. <laughs> so a um, little strange. I don't know if they've ever aired sports on the CW Network before. Is that is that Channel Five out here for us? Yes. So whenever yes. I think CW Network, all I think about are the fucking uh, Animaniacs just yeah. coming out of like a. Yeah, it was the WB Network. 
Yeah, that was, oh, that was WB. Well, that, it, uh, was, it, it became the CW. It used to be the WB network, and then yeah, it became CW because it was 50-50 CBS and WB. Um, but like last year, they it's completely independent now. So it's like a new... I always just thought that was a channel for teenage girls. It basically is. That's most of what they, they've aired over their run has been um, like Gossip Girl and that kind of stuff. But Gossip Girl was a, a Warner Brothers show, and they made that new Gossip Girl for HBO. So um, I think CW is kind of rebranding a bit. Um, but I, they don't have any sports. They're going to have to hire a whole, whole team. Um, but that debuts uh, February 24th is the first tournament, and it's in Mexico. So I looked up like most of the tournaments are all the tournaments are they're around the world. Um, and saying that makes sense. There's not on Mars, um, but they're, they're not in Saudi Arabia. They're like Asia, Mexico, America, you know, Europe, all kinds of places like that. Um, and you'll be able to watch it on the CW network. So um, I, I don't think I will do it, um, but there are, there are a ton of names actually playing in that tournament. It sucks, but or not that league, not that tournament, but the, the league specifically. So, pretty good. Yeah, it was a tournament this last weekend in Qatar, or you know, one of those Middle Eastern places. I wasn't really thinking about it, but I was like, oh, I wonder if that was the live play people. But I guess it wasn't because I think it was ESPN that I was watching it on. Yeah, so I, I don't know. They have they said there's like going to be fourteen major tournaments or something, but they've only announced seven. I don't know how it works. It's we're used to the four major tournaments and that's like you tune in then and kind of maybe pay attention otherwise, but that, that's a lot of investment. I yep. would say. All right. Well now let's get to that baseball story. Yeah. The, the baseball story is that uh, Artie Moreno, the angels owner has decided not to sell the team. So he had announced uh, maybe six months ago that he was going to sell the team and people were really excited because um, his, his reign has just not been good. I think he took over, Right after they won the World Series, or maybe maybe right before. I think it was right before because I feel like yeah. when he came in is when they changed their uniforms. And I remember as a kid when they changed their uniforms, it was that first year they won the World Series. Yeah, um, but then soon after he changed them to the Los Angeles Angels. Yeah, that's, kinda, that's when yeah. I think the fans. He's lost favor. They've had the best player in baseball for a decade, and they've done nothing. Might have the best two now. Yeah, maybe the, the best two, and, and it just nothing's happening. Um, but he was involved in like a, a government scandal. Um, and I think people went down. I'm, I'm sure the mayor is gone. Um, and it seemed like that was the driver for the sale. But um, I don't know what changed. Like it's the scandal's over. We've all moved on. There's new people in the city council or something. Yeah. Um, so just going away. I mean, he's very involved in like the development around the stadium and all that kind of stuff. I and mean, he's buying the land. Um, I, I thought that whole deal would end up getting canceled with the with the scandal here, but yeah, that hasn't happened yet. So maybe that's what he was thinking. He's like, "Well, I'm fucking anyway, so if I sell, they'll just let me go." But now they're like, "We're just gonna let you go anyways." So I don't know. Disappointing. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm disappointed. I think it was, uh, you know, growing up around here, obviously being, uh, you know, I, I've never really like given myself like, "Oh my god, I love the Angels." Like, you know, I like the Steelers and the Lakers and stuff like that. But I mean. Gun to my head, somebody's like, "Who's your favorite baseball team?" I, was, you know, would say the Angels, and uh, so yeah, I mean, you'd like, I mean, like you just mentioned, they've had the best player in the whole league for the last, you know, like you said, decade in Mike Trout, and then now they've got the probably the current best player in the league in Shohei Otani. They've got both on the same team, and I know baseball is a little different. You've got uh, compared to other sports, but I was like, if you had the two best players in the whole league on your team in any other sport, I think you'd be at least a playoff team. 
Not saying you have to win the championship, but at least a playoff team. But the Angels aren't even a playoff team. And they're not, it's not even like they're not even a playoff team. They're not even competitors. I don't even remember the last time we flipped the calendar to September and the Angels were actually, you know, a live shot to make the playoffs. I, last time I think they made the playoffs was, uh, I think sometime around like 2015 or 16 when they lost to Kansas City. That was like 14, even older. Yeah. And I, I was at that game when, uh, Actually, rest in peace, Jordan Ventura was pitching. I think it was game two, and Angels lost, and they got swept. And that's one thing I've said is I believe that is the only playoff series Mike Trout has ever played in, and he got swept. And that, to me, is just insane. But I've always said it. Mike Trout seems very happy and content with just being very good at baseball and getting to live in Southern California, Newport Beach, Newport Coast area, wherever he may live. I believe it's somewhere out there. And don't ever leave. Yeah, I don't think he's going to. I mean, he's got at least for a while. So it's a nice, it's a nice part of the, uh, the the area. Well, that's the thing is, I think like a lot of these people, you know, they land in a place like Anaheim because you know if he was in like you know Detroit or something, and they were doing it like the way the Angels are doing, I think he might have packed his bags a while ago. But I think you know you there's more to it. You're like, hey, yeah, I mean, I mean, he's from Philadelphia, but I think you know living in Southern California and Newport Beach is just more appealing than those cold winters and stuff in Philadelphia. Granted, he could winter's the off season for baseball. So he could always go somewhere else during that time, but he's got a family too. He's got a wife, he's got a son. So at some point, you know, you want to, you know, have them uh, stay in the same area. I feel like you have kids. It's like, it's kind of tough to like move your kids around from city to city to city. So, but yeah, he's a, uh, you know, it's just a, it's a bummer. It'd be nice if the Angels could get some, you know, I think a new management, new owner would be a good move for the Angels. And I know everybody that I know that's actually like big Angel fans around here, they all want him gone. And uh, unfortunately, it looks like they're staying around. So be interesting to see what happens this next season. Uh, I don't think they've made too many moves that'll make them any more of anything than they were last year. But I guess you never know. I mean, you see every year there's always at least one or two teams that, shock you and do better than you thought they would. And who knows, maybe the angels are due for that. Yeah. You never know. No, you do not. Well, we're going to get into some football, but before we do, we have an ad over here on the sports podcast, usually reserved for their entertainment. But uh, this portion of the pod is brought to you by our good friends at the clipless head over to the clipless and pick up the dog leash. You didn't know you needed. This leash works with your dog's current collar or harness. And when you plug in promo code, Tony, that is T-O-N-Y. They're going to give you 65% off at checkout because they're friends of the pod. So head over to thecliplessleash.com and plug in promo code Tony for 65% off at checkout. It is the dog leash you've been waiting for. All right. Ready to talk some football? Yeah. We had a, uh, another round of NFL playoffs. I think a... A weaker round. Um, sometimes this is the best round of, of, of the year. I think last year was a great divisional round, but um, I'd say this year, not, not so much. Uh, the first game of the week was Jacksonville at Kansas City. Uh, this was the, uh, the biggest spread. Kansas City was favored by eight and a half. And um, I went with Kansas City. Tony went with Jacksonville. So we, uh, we did split this one. Uh, but I think the story of this game was that Patrick Mahomes got hurt. He still played, but he definitely was hurt. Um and Jackson was able to keep it close. I don't know if he wasn't hurt. Maybe Jackson was a little more pressure and actually played better on offense because they weren't great. Um, 
Um, but yeah, though I think the big moment was Jacksonville was um, going to make it a three-point game, um, and they fumbled at the four-yard line. I think that was the uh, scenario there. Um, and Casey was able to, you know, burn some clock and then let the game um, expire. But it was a classic situation with the point spread. Um, I'm sure you uh, you were on it. Um, Jacksonville down by ten. Um, I think there's 30 seconds left, and they need two scores. They need a touchdown and a field goal to tie it. Yep. Um, and some and this is not like a crazy thing to do. Other teams have done this. I don't know if it's ever been successful, but you kick the field goal first and try to get the onside kick because you don't want to burn any more time getting a touchdown. If you if you burn uh, 25 or 30 seconds getting that touchdown, then then it's not even worth getting the onside kick. Um, and so Jacksonville made the long field goal and it made it a seven point game. Onside kick recovered by Casey, game over. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm sure a lot of people were furious losing money off that. So Yeah. It's uh, it's tough when those games come really close. But I was actually talking about this with my uh, – again, with my uh, uh, cousin's husband earlier the, uh, this weekend because I actually li- was listening to a, a podcast that I listen to all the time. And they were saying something that I actually thought was really a good point. And it's like the average person that doesn't know because a lot of people always will be like, Oh, Vegas knows, Vegas knows, blah, blah, blah. Like how they get it so accurate. And what people don't realize, and this is what these guys were saying who were uh, professional gamblers that I was listening to, was that Vegas really doesn't know. They're like, that closing line isn't the line that is originally set by the odds makers. That's the line that ends up coming because of all the money, mostly, you know, yeah. sharp money. We, we have a better example of that that we'll talk about later. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's the, the money that moves the line. So believe it or not, like, Exactly. And we will get to that. I think uh, I know what game you're talking about. And that was a perfect example of it where, or one of these lines where it was like the lines opened up. I'll, I'll just say it right now as an example. Cincinnati and Buffalo. Was that the game you were? Oh, no. I was talking about one of the ones this week. Has a oh, okay. crazy moving line. Okay. Well, I'm going to use Cincinnati and Buffalo as an example. Cincinnati, Buffalo opened up as a three-point favorite. And the line actually closed at Buffalo Minus like five and a half. I think even some places it got all the way up to six for a little bit. And granted, that didn't matter because as we'll get to in a little bit, and as you know, you listening probably already know, Cincinnati won that game. But let's say Buffalo would have won that game by, you know, six and covered a five and a half spread. People would have been like, oh my God, it was Vegas knows. How are they so good? When it's like, well, in reality, that line opened up at three points. So really, that line moved three points from Monday to Sunday. And that's because it's the. The, the people betting that like, you know, a lot of the sharp people that are betting like the bigger money that, uh, you know, take those certain numbers and that's what moves the line up. I mean, those lines don't just open up and they're like, that's what they are. It's like, no, they get bet into and then that's the thing. So obviously, though, the people that always say that or cry about that are people that aren't really gamblers or they don't really know too much. They're just kind of like, oh, blah, 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 you know, but in reality, it's like, no, there's a lot more that goes into it than people come to realize. But yeah, but this next game, the New York Giants, Philadelphia Eagles, and this was honestly probably how people would have thought this game would have gone if it was like week two of the season when nobody thought the Giants were good. And it finally showed. The New York Giants looked awful. I personally think they got themselves out of their mojo early. I mean, they obviously gave up a touchdown in the first possession to Philly, but the Giants' first possession, they went for it on fourth and eight at about midfield, and they didn't get it. And then I think after that, it was just kind of like they just really just didn't look like they ever stood a chance. Yeah, this was my favorite game of the week because I was able to turn it off in the second quarter <laughs> and it was over. 
Yeah, enjoy um, some other things on your Saturday night. There was some good UFC on that night. Yeah, just got, yeah, as you said, this is what you would have expected um, even eight weeks ago or something when they played that the first time, and, and this was like this, a big blowout. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think the the big concern was, is Jalen Hurts going to be ready? And, and he was, so that, that changes um, the, that part. I think that's why the line was, was as close as it was, seven and a half. Um, we uh, went opposite ways again, and so we, I tied it up here. So uh, Philly, um, I, I took Philly, and they uh, covered by quite a lot. Yeah, it wasn't even close. I had too much faith in the Giants. I thought Daniel Jones looked good, but I should have known that Minnesota's defense wasn't very good and that the Eagles, well-rested, were going to come to play, and you know that was on me. I will definitely admit that. I made a poor uh, poor judgment there. Should have known Philly should have easily won that game by double digits at home, which is what they did. And then uh, Sunday morning, we had uh, Cincinnati at Buffalo, which um, I was anticipating as being the, the, the premier game of the week. Really excited about this one. Um, Buffalo ended up being favored by five when we picked here. Um, and that is why I went with Cincinnati. Not because I was actually super optimistic that Cincinnati was better and was going to win, but just that I liked the, the extra couple points that they were getting. Um, in the end, that didn't matter. None of that little movement mattered because Cincinnati won handily in, in the deep, deep snow. Um, and uh, I think things have turned now in Buffalo and for Josh Allen. Um, we, we do this cycle every time with a great young player where they're the best thing ever and are they going to be the greatest of all time. And they go a couple seasons without winning a title and it becomes everything is magnified. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to happen with Jokic if they don't win this year. People will be like, no, maybe this guy's not that good. Um, but it's starting Especially to happen. That's when he wins his third MVP in a row. Yeah, it's starting to happen with Josh Allen. A lot of questions. Well, he didn't have as good of a year and only led his team to 10 points in this big playoff game. And uh, also, I'm sure you saw that Stephon Diggs was noticeably unhappy. There's a video of him on the sideline screaming at like Josh Allen and like what I assume was like the offensive coordinator with his hands up, just upset that he wasn't getting the ball enough. And uh, this is just a little funny thing that I've heard too, is that uh, how they mentioned how Cincinnati chose their white uniforms that day. Mm -hmm. They wore their white uniforms with their white helmets. And, you know, Josh Allen only threw one interception that game and it was a meaningless one at the end. But I mean, it still helps to have a little bit of a camouflage going and, you know, they used to say that Boise State used to have that big home field advantage because they had the blue turf with the blue jerseys, or I mean, I'm sure they still do. Yeah, but and it's just little things like exactly. peripheral, like, or the blitzer, you don't see the blitzer coming because it's on yeah. the side there. And it's, um, yeah. And I also was hearing too that, uh, like, Buffalo was running a lot of east west while, uh, uh um, Cincinnati went more north-south, which is, you know, how you have to do it in the snow. you got to pound it more in the snow, and that's – Joe Mixon had a good game. And, you know, he ran pretty well on them at a touchdown while the Bills just looked awful on offense. And it was almost one of those things where I remember in the first quarter, it was like third and three, and Josh Allen missed Stephon Diggs on that uh, play. That would have been a big game. I don't know if it would have been a touchdown, but it would have been a big game. And you sometimes wonder if you, you miss something that small, if, like, that just kind of – throws off the momentum because then the Bengals got the ball back and they just got a 14, nothing quick. And Joe Burrow looked poised, man. He, you know, he was in the Super Bowl last year. I think we forget because there's just not much respect for the Bengals, but you know, they're, well, they that, looked good. that was, was interesting is they really psyched themselves up about this. Um, after the game, they were talking about oh, yeah. uh, refunds for the neutral site Atlanta game. 
So basically, I don't know if it was their, who on their coaching staff really got them energized about the fact that they were being disrespected uh, because of the weird rules related to the, the previous game that got canceled. Um, because the NFL already started to sell tickets for Buffalo, Kansas City, which they always do in everything. You could buy, I could buy Super Bowl tickets, or I could buy um, Clippers playoff tickets right now if I wanted to. Um, that's just how it works. Um, but they got it in their head that they were being overlooked and disrespected and no one no one cared about them. I'm like, I didn't think about that about them. I was, I mean, I took them because I said, I think these teams are even. And I'm surprised it's not Buffalo minus three. Um, so, I'm, yeah, I'm, they, they really got that in their heads and I think it helped them. Um, but that, that always helps is to have that nobody believes in you factor. Uh, be the underdog, even when you aren't necessarily the underdog. So um, that'll be interesting this weekend because uh, – when we get to there, we'll, we'll talk about that. Yeah. Um, All right. And then the final game we have, uh, the main event, as I uh, was calling it, was the Dallas Cowboys at the San Francisco 49ers. Mostly saying it was a main event because it was definitely it was two of the most popular fan bases in not only their respected cities, but in the whole uh, uh, country. And it um, started off pretty good. And then San Francisco was able to just uh, get to a lead and they were able to keep it. There was a couple, you know, mistakes by Dak, made some uh, interceptions. And then, you know, it didn't help that Tony Pollard got hurt, went down. And uh, the 49ers, though, Brock Purdy didn't play his best game of the year, 19 of 29 for 214. But uh, was able to get the job, was able to get the job done. You know, it was 9-9 in the fourth quarter and – San Francisco got up 16 to nine and then uh, Brett Maher again, missed an extra point earlier, which was blocked, but they showed the way it was kicked. And if it wasn't blocked, it was going to miss wide left by a lot of, a lot of feet. So he actually probably should be a little thankful that was blocked because it makes it look a little worse, but still that guy something, poor guy, something was in his head. I can't imagine him kicking for the Cowboys next season. I just feel like they're going to have to part ways with how that went, but 49ers hold on. They win an ugly game, 19-12. But uh, their second half defense, that just got to be noted, is, is just incredible. So yeah, they allowed six um, points. Two. I mean, yeah, they allowed six in each half, but just they they just don't allow big plays, big touchdowns, big runs. So just um, suffocating. You're like, okay, we got them. We're we're you know close. We can do something. You're just not gonna you're not gonna score two touchdowns in the fourth quarter on them or anything like that. It seems like so. Um, yeah, another disappointing exit for the Cowboys. Um, a humiliating final play, um, but that's fine. I, I think it's a little overrated, you know, the final play they ran. Um, people making fun of it, but, like, that play normally has a 0.00001% chance of working. So it's not really, like, that humiliating, but, like, yeah, just whatever they're trying to do didn't happen. Um, but I understand the logic. They put in um, Ezekiel Elliott as – the only offensive lineman, um, so that he could be a, a recipient of a lateral. He couldn't run downfield, but you knew the play was going to be a quick quick pass and then a bunch of laterals, but the quick pass got tackled immediately and it was, <laughs> it was over. And it was just like, well, it, was, it didn't work. It was almost like com- – it was comical because yeah. it was like the moment the guy caught it. And, and you know what? It's comical, but it also – it's credit to that 49er defense. They're very fast. They're good. And the moment that guy caught it and turned around, he was there. The defender was there, tackled him down, and that was that was game. And, yeah, usually uh, you allow, in those situations, you allow like 10-yard cushion 
for like 50 yards downfield. But and a notable thing to, to talk about was that the play before Dalton Schultz had a catch that was going to have them at like the Dallas 40. And it found, turns out that he actually, and he should have easily been able to keep all his feet in. Turns out he only had one foot in and they challenged it. And that ended up being a difference of about 15 yards because, you know, at 40 yards, I mean, I assume Dak could maybe, I mean, that's Hail Mary range. You know, I think Dak could probably throw a football 60 yards in the air. And so, you know, I'm not, again, Hail Mary. I mean, it's, unless this is uh, Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs against Arizona, I don't think, uh, you know, the odds of that are still slim. But uh, nonetheless, though, it could have been at least, it still would have been 20 yards closer. I think it's a higher odds than Oh, I, uh, I agree. It's a, a 60-yard Hail Mary is definitely higher odds than a 80-yard lateraling. So, no, I definitely agree with that. All right, so uh, we both went both went to San Francisco on this one. So uh, I went three and one. You went two and two this week. So. Yeah. So overall, on the so far, I'm a uh, looks like I'm four and six, and Andy's uh, striking six and three. Yeah. Andy was we talked about too how Andy was uh, saying he didn't have a good regular season, but he's brought his A game for the postseason. So uh, we've got two more games uh, for you this this last week right here. We got the. Both games are going to be on Sunday, and you've got the San Francisco 49ers at the Philadelphia Eagles at a, a 12 o'clock start on Fox, uh, 12 o'clock Pacific time. And then 3.30 Pacific time, you've got the Cincinnati Bengals at the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, both spreads are under three points, which is what you want to see in your championship games because this is why they're the AFC and NFC championship game. They're supposed to be close games, and that's what it looks like uh, – the odds makers are expecting. So uh, I guess we'll start with the Niners and Eagles, Andy. What uh Yeah, so Eagles, Eagles favor by two and a half. Um, I'm going to stick with the Niners. I think they're the, the hottest team. They're the best team. Uh, so I think, you know, even if they lose by by two, you know, I win. So, uh, yeah, I will go with uh, the Niners here. I, I'm going to have to agree. I've, uh, I've closed my eyes many times, and I've seen the San Francisco 49ers in the Super Bowl. I just think they're the, the better team. They're just playing – Defense is playing too well. We haven't had to close our eyes to see that because they've been there three times in our lifetime and many times before our lifetime. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, uh, and but and we've seen the, I've seen the yeah. Eagles a couple times also in my lifetime. We saw them just win it about five years ago. So uh, yeah, I, I like the Niners here also. I think they're uh, they're it's just the defense for me. I think it's just too good. Uh, I think Brock Purdy, you know, they can they'll do enough to do what they have to to go into Philly and get the win. So, uh, yeah, I think yeah. we're both on agreement there. So we got the last game here. The I, think we'll see, I think we'll see the, um, the Samoan uh, Tufanga, right, the oh, safety yeah. there. Is he from USC? Probably. Yeah, I think they all are. It's like Troy Palomalo. I think he'll have a big play in this one. I can, I can be, see that, too. He'll be ready to make a big hit on, on Hertz or something. Yeah, like that. and I, I think Hertz, uh, he didn't have a very good game on the ground, I don't think, against the Giants either. Not like he had to because they got up late. They, got, they were in control the whole game, so it's like, you know, why risk anything? But uh, anyway, the AFC game, this will be the, a really exciting one. Cincinnati Bengals at the Chiefs. Uh, currently, it says the – actually, so, the line is – So this is the one yeah. I was talking about. When I put this together two days ago, Kansas City was favored by one, and that was a big shock to me because yeah. Kansas City's number one seed. They've been to the Super Bowl multiple times. They have Patrick Mahomes. So that means people are really concerned about that Mahomes injury. Yep. Since then – the line has moved. I've seen it as high as Cincinnati two and a half. Um, right now, ESPN showing Cincinnati by one and a half. Yeah, I. Uh, um, the that tells you that somebody has insight that 
he's probably struggling on that foot this week so far. In the short week that we've had so far, he must be struggling on it because you would never see the Bengals, I mean the, the Chiefs with a healthy Mahomes uh, underdog at home. So they they think that uh, that it's a big concern. And you have to upgrade the Bills because of, I mean, I'm sorry, the Bengals because of how good they looked at the Bills. They, uh, they played very well against the Bills on the road. So you definitely upgrade the Bengals. And with Mahomes being hurt, I mean, you have to downgrade the Chiefs. You have to. And, uh, I mean, I think that minus one was a, a sizable uh, downgrade. I mean, I think they would be – Well, I think, I think they'd be four to six if Mahomes was healthy, right? I, I think, yeah, I, I've heard from what uh, – You can see the, higher than – The guys that, I, that are really uh, good at this, that do it for a living in Vegas, I've heard that they said that, yeah, they thought it would have been around three and a half or something like that. Because I mean, there's respect for the Bengals. I mean, the Bengals looked very good, and the Bengals already beat them this year. And they beat them last year. The exactly. Situation. So you, you have to get to the point where, I mean, if you make Bengals four or five, you give Bengals a key number like four or something like that, I mean, everybody's going to take the Bengals because of they've proven that, you know, they can beat the Chiefs in Kansas City too. It doesn't matter. But uh, I think what's going on here is they the line came out knowing that, okay, Mahomes' ankle isn't healthy, but I think what has really changed it is that, okay, Mahomes only isn't healthy. Mahomes might be – it might be an issue. Yeah, I, I think it's it's reasonable because that injury you don't play on. It's not the most serious injury, but you miss time. Um, I know Mike Williams had a high ankle sprain. He missed about three weeks, came back, re-injured it, missed another three weeks. I think other players, that's around – you miss three weeks. That's kind of how it hey, works. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what. I remember I sprained my ankle playing softball. And I was out. I well, worked for like two days. This is a different injury. This is a high high ankle sprain. Yeah, no, mine was, mine was low. Um, so I think with the low ankle sprains, they could be worse and they could be better. High well, ankle sprains my, pretty. Consistent. My point though is just that I had to miss time for it. Yes. So I'm assuming that a high one is worse than that. Yeah. Well, my point is you could you could have a sprained ankle and come back the next week and be fine. But on a high ankle sprain, it's almost always you're missing a few weeks. Um, but he's a quarterback. It's a different position. Well. Um, they also, I don't know if you saw it they, when they showed him on the sideline, they were wanting him to sit down and look at it. And he was refusing, he was refusing. And then finally they showed him grab his, take his jacket off and slam it on the ground and then walk with the trainer into the locker room. And then that's when he, cause he didn't want them to look at it. I think he knew he was hurt and he was in trouble, but he didn't, he didn't want them to like have to know. And so I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know if something's going to come out later in this week and it's going to get to the point where it's like, oh, hey, guess what? Chad Henney's starting. <laughs> that would be an absolute disaster. But, hey, great. You know, Chad Henney, for what it's worth, he looked he looked all right on that one drive. It was a 98-yard drive and they scored a touchdown. I mean, there was a big 15-yard penalty in that drive and like a 35-yard run by uh, Pacheco that got it down to like the three. But still, nonetheless, they scored a touchdown. But, uh, We're going to have to make our picks here. Yeah, what, what say you here, Andy? I'm going to stick with KC. Um, might, might, might bite me here, but you know, I don't like that they're underdogs at home. I don't like it. So. You know, I I was actually hoping you'd say Cincinnati because I wanted to have, have us be different, but I'm going to Kansas City also because I, this is obviously all just because of his ankle. But Mahomes is Mahomes, and I think I think he's going to uh, he's going to figure it out. I, I mean, you just don't go against Mahomes, especially at home. And I know he's banged up, but if anybody can do what's necessary to make himself do well and figure it out, I think it's, I think it's Mahomes. And another key thing there is the chiefs defense has actually been playing really well lately. And I think 
you know, with a banged up O-line from the Cincinnati Bengals, I think some of those guys uh, are going to get in there and cause trouble to Burrow more so than uh, the Bills were able to. And I think they can at least make it where uh, they can definitely contain the ground game of Mixon and Perrine and then, you know, force Burrow to at least get some pressure on Burrow, maybe make him throw a clutch interception at a big time or something. So I still like the the Chiefs in this game, even if they're uh, – Especially if they're underdogs. So we're saying Chiefs Niners Super Bowl, which, which was uh, when was that? Twenty nineteen. Three years ago at this time, it's twenty twenty. It was uh, right before civilization ended. So. <laughs> Good times. <Yeah. laughs> Good times. All right. Well, is that everything? I believe it is. All right. Well, you've been listening to episode three hundred and eight of the Tony Steak Podcast. I'm Sean, and joined with me, we had Off Road Andy. Yes. Bye. And Tony Katz. Yep. Thank you. Goodbye. See you later.